Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler along with Mr. Ira Work and Ann Sawaski talking about money and investing. I'm doing a staycation. I'm staying here, but this is kind of vacation for me, letting you guys talk more than, than I do. So go for it. What do you guys got? Oh, you, you said you had about something about annuities. Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot now, Paul. You got it. Okay, so I had a conversation and um, a, a lady was, and I, and I just loved the way she just, she was just walking through this and going, I got to really get my mind wrapped around this. I've got a guy that's trying to sell me something and I want to understand because it sounds so good. And the idea was that I'm going to be able to get this investment. I'm up there in age. I am, you know, in my 60s. I am retirement age. I can't afford to go through a market downturn that's too long. And then one question is, well, how long do you think the average market downturn lasts was one question. Uh, then I got into talking about just annuities, which was what she was actually being pitched and the idea was that, hey, it'll go up and it, it has this schedule for going up. And it keeps going up in value, can't go down in value. And, and the jumps were not minor. It was very large jumps in value and growth. Now, of course, income rider. Right. Uh, and, and I said, hey, look, what we're talking about here is something that we in the industry that understand this call phantom money, which is fake money. Right. So it's not a real account value. If you wanted to cash out, you don't get that. So that was the first thing I cleared up for her. But in general, talk a little bit about the issue with saying I've got something that goes up in value, never goes down, and what might be missed here because there are a lot of things being missed. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that Bernie Madoff had something that went up and didn't go down. Well, this is SEC, okay. actually, you know, <laughs> the insurance industry, actually. I, I it's it, not, but that this, was the first different. thing that this popped is, into my yeah. mind. <laughs> <Don't>, um, <laughs> we can't go there. <laughs> the, well, <laughs> we, we just did. Well, well, we just, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> for the record. Uh, but when we talk about annuities just going up in value. Yes, there are basically three different values when it comes to the annuity. There's the actual account value of what the account actually has done. There's the, what I like to call pretend money. This is what it will grow to if at some point down the road, you will completely turn the money over to us and we will then give you an income that you have no control over. You can take more money out. You can increase it if you needed to buy a car or fix, pay the deductible on your roof that got blown away with a, a tornado. You can't do that. Um, and then it might not even pay out everything that it was valued at and your kids might not get the inheritance. The third value with an annuity, it's what's called the surrender charge. And that surrender charge is the commissions that the advisor made that you have to stay in the product for so many years 
so that the insurance company can make up the money they pay the advisor up front and still be profitable for the insurance company. So I've seen some of these surrender charges as high as 15%, lasting as long as 15 years. Mm-hmm. So those are the problems that I see you know, with annuities and the different account values. Um, but the I, underlying investment account value, that first value right there, what if that is going up and it can't go down? Isn't that nice? Well, <laughs> it would be nice, yeah, <laughs> if that was real life. But again, you're going to, you know, you this have to really annuitize yeah. it. Um, <laughs> you know, Bring thank, me to a dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I feel good to say that I actually have not sold an annuity since the year 2000. Um, now, one point that I made. Go ahead, Ann. You want to say something? Well, I was just going to say, and there's fixed annuities and variable annuities. Mm-hmm. And when I used to work at the insurance In company, yeah, um, we sold, and and not just our company, but but uh, a lot of them sold variable annuities with um, promises and uh, fictional presentations that they would give clients that they were going to return 12%. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Yes. We were able to go up to 12%. That's exactly right in the illustrations. That yeah. That's exactly correct. And those insurance companies later on were sued because, of course, that's just total fiction. They didn't get anywhere near that. Yeah. No. They're, that's just basic, basically that. false advertising. And, and it's for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because they have caps on the amount of upside. Yeah, the indexed annuities, yes, yeah. you're talking, yeah. you're referring to. Yeah. There's very high rates. fees associated mm-hmm. with them. And to your point, again, these high commissions that uh, they're paying out to the uh Salespeople. But you're not, you're not going to have any negative return and it's going to be, it's going to go up and, and it's going to go up and up and up, but it's not going to go down. Yeah, I may not get the whole market return, but I'm getting some good return, right? No. Here's the problem. No. Yeah. Here's the problem. One of the things I pointed out is this. You think about it when you don't, and people don't think about this. When I hand the money to the insurance company, I'm handing the money to the insurance company and what are they going to do with that money? This is a commercial waiting to happen. They are going to invest that money in what? Stocks and bonds and real estate, mainly bonds and real estate, right? That's typically what an insurance company portfolio is. So if this big calamity that takes place that you are so worried about happening that everything's going to fall apart and you're too old to wait for the market to come back, guess where your money is at the insurance company? They are an intermediary. The money went to them and went to the end investment. And then what happened to the investment? It crashes. Are you, are you thinking that somehow this insurance company is going to survive this calamity? They well, were just the go-between. Well, the interesting thing is the 12% illustrations actually came to a halt right. in 2000 when we entered a three-year bear market. You know, I remember those illustrations with the insurance companies because I was an independent agent and I was able to sell insurance across the board for many different companies that I was licensed with. And all of them had the ability to use 12% as their top level. And one of the things that I would do is I would ask the investor because, for example, there was a particular mutual fund uh, called uh, the AIM Constellation Fund. 
and that fund is no longer even around. And I was able to get that fund for a client either directly through AIM as a plain mutual fund, another company inside a variable annuity, or another company inside oh. variable life insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're clone funds. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would ask them, right, they're actually called sub-accounts. Um, well, but they're clone funds. Yeah, they're, they're, cloned, they're cloned after the original mutual right. funds. Yeah, but, but they technically, but, yes, you're but right, they're called sub-accounts. not allowed that to call them mutual funds inside correct. an annuity or a life insurance policy. So I would ask the client, I would, I would show them the clients the mutual fund uh, glossy mountain chart from Morningstar with the five stars and how much money it accumulated over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, well, you know, we have three ways to buy this. There was a five-star fund that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Why? <laughs> Why would they get rid of a fund that's that good? <laughs> because it wasn't that good afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. But in any event, yeah. uh, and, but I would say, and this is something that one of the things that we talk about in the American Dream Experience mm -hmm. is getting and training people to begin to listen to things that are said when they're in a presentation. And that's when they know they're being sold. And I would... Ask the client, would you rather buy this this fund taxable as we go, tax deferred where you buy it, where you pay your taxes down the road, like in an IRA, or tax-free? Mm. <laughs> wow. And I'm tax-free, IRA. Absolutely. I mean, and then, I mean, all right, well, all we have to do is add a little bit of life insurance to that, oh. and it becomes tax-free. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, can I give you the psychology for for this? Sure. You ready? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You paid a lot of money for that degree. I know I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still paying. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. Uh, so, yes, the psychology is this. The way our brain works, we have different segments of our brain. you got, you know, the hippocampus, that's your memory center, and then you got the medial part of the brain. You've got the part of the brain that is emotional, the motion centers, the, you know, the amygdala. We talk about that from time to time, even in our practice. Then you have the frontal lobes of the brain. What happens a lot of times in psychology, when you have somebody that has been dealing with something emotional and what you will try to do as much as you possibly can is get them back into the front part of their brain and get them into thinking through what's going on. Because so often what happens in a sales presentation is you always hear this in sales, you sell on emotion, you justify with logic. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. People are swayed by the emotion. The emotion is, I can't run out of money. This is safe. I'm, I'm going to be protected. And, and that just, it just screams to us that we're going to be okay. And then what we do, as much as we can, is help people understand that the too-good-to-be-true argument is there. And you need to make sure that when you think about what your mom said when you were a kid, that if it's too good to be true, that you need to walk away from it, that you slow down enough to get that front part of your brain working, which is logic, literal language, all the L's we call it, the left side of your brain. is That's what we're trying to do. And this is why we spend so much time teaching you guys this stuff. It's not because, you know, we're, we have a vendetta against the insurance companies or anything like that. We could represent this stuff if we wanted to. The, the easiest test I ever passed in the entire world was the life insurance test, you know, that, to sell life insurance. That, those were the easiest tests, and I've got a, a lot of tests, and Ira does, and, and Ann does, behind under our belt as far as different designations and professional degrees and things like that. But I'm telling you, some people will tell you that the reason that we talk this stuff down is because we can't sell it. No, that is not the reason. It has everything to do with 
just the logic of it when you really, really think about it. And we were all, at some point in our careers, we were chastised for thinking too much and not getting out there and selling. It's one of Ira's favorite stories, talking about his manager telling him, will you stop thinking about this? Will you stop <laughs> analyzing and get out there and sell? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, but the thing that really pushed me out of that big company, and it was Smith Barney, um, was when he said, you're spending too much time servicing clients and not enough time bringing in more money. And my feeling was, if I take care of my clients, referrals will come. I didn't have to worry about and just push them aside, get their money and push them aside. That wasn't who I was. And it's not who I am today. Hey guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. All right. Yeah, well, you know, I thought maybe it might be good to just talk for a few minutes about uh, business owners since uh, with baby boomers aging, we're going to have probably one of the biggest transfer of wealth from baby boomers selling their closely held businesses in the next uh, number of years. So what are some things if you're a business owner and you're thinking that you might be retiring, what should you be doing beforehand? And maybe even during the process and after. So, so I mean, um, I, I used to do this work for a living. Mm-hmm. And I always would tell people, if you are thinking about selling your business or retiring, you need to start thinking about it well in advance. And you need to be um, figuring out what the value is and whether that value is something that is going to be enough for you to live on or if you're going to be able to maximize the value when you sell and what kind of uh, tax ramifications there are to it. Yeah, you don't want to wait until you're burned out because that's no. going to be the year that you're doing garbagey business and you're not doing taking care of people because right. you're burned out. And then what happens is the business just, just dries up in value. It just goes down in value. And then you're going and scrambling looking for somebody and they know you're desperate to get out. Guess what? They can get the song for and get get the place for a song and a dance. Yeah, it's a fire sale then. Yeah, so, exactly. So if if you're able to do a business valuation uh maybe five years beforehand. Mm-hmm. And you can take a look very critically at um, how healthy is my business and are there areas that I'm overspending in? Because the the valuation is usually based on the last three years, most recent year, uh, primarily, about 50% typically. And so you want to very critically look at what are the necessary expenses for my business and what are the 
really nice to have, but not necessarily um so if you're looking at needed, five years, then yeah. you and you said that they look at three years, you're saying. Yes. So therefore that gives you two years to get your stuff in order. Well get um, your stuff together, right? Because because if you get your stuff together, if you do it five years before you're gonna retire, mm -hmm. you got two years to get things in order and yep. straighten out things, mm -hmm. then they're gonna look at the last three yeah. and then it's gonna be in good shape when they're looking at it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and here's the thing too about it that you have to think about is um I I was doing this work during the financial meltdown in 2008. And since they value businesses based on the prior three years and most on that prior year, the value of businesses for about three years after that meltdown went down dramatically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because during sure. 2008, there was a lot of businesses that either couldn't get capital, so they couldn't mm. um, finance getting um, product, getting equipment, um, doing expansions. So their their business value dropped dramatically. And the interesting thing is the same thing happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, many, many businesses were not able to operate. For, right. for an extended period of time. So when you're going back and you're doing evaluation, even now in 2023, you're going to have probably a lower value right now than you would have had. The good news is the further away it gets, the more, the less that value is included in the value of the business. And you might be lucky. And I, I was talking to a business owner. Uh, I have a business owner client. We were talking about this. And I said, how did you do in 2020? Because you know that's going to affect things. And he goes, oh, well, um, I'm in um, uh, fire and disaster. I sell toilet paper? So, yeah. No, so, I thought So he goes, we <laughs> had a great 2020. I sold toilet, toilet paper and it was great. <laughs> but so, so I said, well, you're lucky because a lot of people, would this would dramatically affect their business value. So the further you get away from these more or less catastrophic events, the bigger a difference it can make. and. And, and, and I'll just tell you a story. We were selling a business uh, for, and we got, it was really worth about 80 million. We got an offer of 125 million. And the guy said, no. And we told him, you, you really aren't going to get this kind of an offer again. And he was convinced it was worth more than that. We told him, no, this really is a fabulous offer. And the next year, 2008 happened. Oh, no. And the value went down to 50 million. I, so I tell I, people. I'm having a hard, is, is anybody else out there having a hard time feeling sorry for this guy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> 50 but, million. I mean, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm we kidding. used to have a saying <laughs> in that industry pigs get fed, yeah, hogs, hogs get, get slaughtered. slaughtered. That's right. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.
Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.